Hello and welcome to Future People Podcast. I'm your host, Imani Walker, and I'm so excited to share this new show with you. Future People Podcast will feature conversations with community leaders and creatives really making a difference in their industries. I'm speaking with people who think outside the box and are imagining a bright future for themselves and the people around them. A bit about me, I'm a journalist, I work with CBC News and CBC Radio, and through this work, I've been able to share stories from racialized communities in Toronto and the GTA. I've worked on politics, news from the front lines through the pandemic, and now I'm focusing on my own storytelling. I can't wait to share these holistic conversations with you for season one. We have some amazing guests lined up, so stay tuned for the next episode a future people podcast Today's guest on the podcast is Desiree D. The song you hear right now is Desiree's song called Late Arrival. Desiree is an instrumental artist, producer, and educator who's paving her way through the Canadian music scene. Think about it. When you go to shows or concerts, how many Black women do you see on stage playing the tunes? Desiree is working to break the barriers of what it means to be an instrumentalist, what Black women can create and be recognized for. This is my conversation with her. So welcome to the podcast, Desiree D. Thank you for having me. (laughs) So when you tell people you're a musician, what's the first thing? Like, how do they react? So the first question, since I get questions, do you sing? Yeah. (laughs) Right? And I think to myself, really? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Especially if I get asked at a show, do you sing? After I just did a whole 30 minute set for you and I didn't sing, but you're still asking me if I sing, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. But I think they like to put black women in a box Mm -hmm. and think that black women are only capable of singing, Mm -hmm. which is why sometimes I get that question and I'm always like off put by that question. And sometimes I find it offensive because uh, I'll say, well, do you think that that's the only thing that black women can do? Like, we're only capable of holding a mic and singing? Mm-hmm. No, we can do so much more than that. So, How would you describe the type of music that you make? Because you grew up in church, mm-hmm. right? We're leaning towards gospel. Is it more like a lo-fi? How do you pronounce it? Lo-fi? That? Lo-fi. <laughs> okay, so. More like a lo-fi? Like, what's the vibe? How I always describe my music, it's a fusion. Yeah. Right. It's a fusion of multiple genres. So gospel, you'll hear gospel, you'll hear jazz, neo soul, R&B, hip hop, electronic. So it's all those a genres. Bit just put it, a little bit of love everything. The mixing pot. Exactly. Yes. Love it. OK, so you play a lot of instruments. OK, let's start off. Like how many instruments do you play? So I play a total of 15 instruments. That's crazy. <laughs> That's absolutely crazy. Because I remember being in like elementary school and trying to like learn how to read notes and I can't do it to save my life so anyone who can learn one instrument I think is absolutely amazing 15 are you able to like list off some of the instruments for us yes I can so I started on the piano I've been playing that the longest Mm -hmm. and then in school I played the trumpet which I hated Mm -hmm. at first but then later on I ended picking it back up and then I also play the alto saxophone 
So because I play the alto saxophone, I can play all the saxophones wow, and all the other woodwind instruments. So amazing. clarinet, flute, because the fingering is very similar. And then because I play the trumpet, I can play all the brass instruments. So French horn, trombone, tuba, euphonium, baritone. And then also because I play piano, I can play all the keyboard percussion. So you've got the xylophone and the marimba. And then my dad plays the guitar. So he taught me how to play acoustic guitar, bass guitar. And then when I was at York University studying, I learned how to play the violin and the steel pen. Steel pen. Okay. So are you Caribbean? Yes, I am. Okay. I love that because anyone who's Caribbean knows like the steel pen, like that is a staple. But going back, so your dad taught you how to play guitar. Yes, he did. Is he the one who introduced you to music? Yeah. You know what? They, him and my mom, my mom always wanted to play music growing up, but she, but she never really got the opportunity. She didn't have the means to do that. So I guess they recognized when I was really young that I had a musical talent and they said, Oh, we got to put her in piano lessons. Now, of course, any six-year-old, because I started when I was six, wants to play around with the boys. And I was a huge tomboy when I was a kid. So I was not interested in playing a musical instrument. So it was a fight for the first maybe two or three years. But, you know, when your parents come from Jamaica and sometimes they're not really nice. And they said, no, we think you have a musical talent and you're going to take piano lessons and you're going to like it. And I said, oh, okay cool (laughs) and it was rough it was a rough uh three years I went through probably five different teachers until I finally got a teacher that number one I connected with and number two looked like me wow right because back in the 90s there aren't very many you know black teachers who Mm -hmm. taught piano it was always like you know, the Caucasian people who would teach. So it was nice to see somebody who looked like me. And not only did she look like me, but it wasn't just about piano. It was, oh, how are you? How's your day? How's school? Mm -hmm. So she was making that personal connection. And I feel like that's so important as a teacher that, yes, you're getting paid to do this, but also wouldn't you want to actually build a relationship with your students and get to know them, right? Because then that's really going to help them in the long run in their journey to learning music. And because she made that connection with me so early on, we had that natural bond. And it wasn't just about learning the piano, but it was also like what's going on in your life. Mm, That's beautiful. It's like your first like inspiration, your first leader, right? And think for you especially as a black woman who's an instrumentalist right how many people like that do you have to look up to at what point because you you said you started at six years old so at what point did you realize that you wanted to actually make this your career well that took a while because of course I had to get out of this I didn't want to do it funk right and but once I got my teacher and had that relationship with her I started, had to grow and get used to, you know, practicing and developing my own talent and actually having a passion and a love for it. And that didn't come until I got to high school. And it was nice because my friends would come in the music room and hear me play at lunchtime and the kids would actually call me Alicia Keys because I had (laughs) my hair braided all the time (laughs) and I was always playing. So that was kind of nice. And I think because I had, you know, that encouragement from my friends and people who would come in, I started to build more confidence in myself. 
and it wasn't until I was getting ready to apply to university. And I remember my guidance counselor telling me, when you go to university, do something that you love. And I thought, well, I'm really starting to love this music thing. So maybe I should continue doing it at the university level. So I happened to go to York University and studied music. And I didn't think about making it a career until one day I had an epiphany. <laughs> and uh, I told my parents, I said, so I don't want to go to law school because at the time I wanted to go to law school and become an entertainment lawyer because I figured, okay, I have music and I love to argue with people and make my point, case in point. And so I said, oh, let's go into law and let's best, best of both worlds, right? But then in my third year, I kind of changed my mind and realized that I don't want to be a lawyer. I actually want to pursue this music, but also I wanted to teach because I had been teaching when I was in high school and I really enjoyed doing it. So I brought that information to my parents. They weren't too happy about that. But at the same time, this is what I want to do. This is my dream, you know. And, of course, Caribbean parents, they, they want you to be doctors and lawyers and stuff like that. Because, like, those are the careers that are going to bring in all the money. And You're telling me. Right? <laughs> but at the end of the day, for me, I'm thinking about things long term. Like, in five years, in ten years, am I going to enjoy my job? Right. And I don't want to do something just for the money. Mm -hmm. Like I want to be able to do what I love for the rest of my life and not be regretting my decision or complaining. Oh, I don't like my job. I don't want to do this anymore. Right. I never want to feel like that working. So it was in teacher's college. When I went to teacher's college, I was in my room. and I was like, you know what? I really want to share my music with people because for so long I was hiding. My parents had never heard me practice. They'll tell you. Wow. Yep. I never practiced in front of my parents. I would hide. You'd only do it at like your lessons. At my lessons, um, at school, and I would hide in the house or I'd practice when nobody was <laughs> around. Wow. And it's funny because they didn't realize how good I was until my first release party. And what? they actually heard me play for the first time. Mm -hmm. And they're like, wow, you're that good. Because for so long I was hiding, yeah. right? Trying to, you know, develop my talent. What was that and moment like when you kind of, this is me. Like, this is yeah, what I can do. Like, I you think owned it. I did. I definitely did. But I think it was a surprise to them because I don't think they realized that I would, I guess, break out that much. I guess to them, it they saw it more as a hobby, mm -hmm. right? And I think at one point I also thought it was a hobby, but growing and learning and experimenting realizing whoa i'm actually really good at this i think i can really do well in this career and even to them like they were shocked they're still shocked to this day when i tell them like oh this happened and this happened they're like and they're really happy for me which is which is nice yeah. right because i never saw myself doing this at all but at the same time i look back at just the industry as a whole and i feel like there's something missing Right. So you have rappers and you have singers, which don't get me wrong. They're great. But something's missing. Mm -hmm. Right. What about instrumental music? What about black women mm. instrumentalists? Because growing up in the church, I didn't have re representation of that. Every church I went to, there was men yep. who were behind the instruments. Yep. And at my church, they encouraged us to be involved in ministry and be on the instruments because we're the next generation. Right. Mm -hmm. 
So when I would go to different churches and I'd say, well, where's all the women musicians? And I'd see all the women singing behind the back. And I'm like, I want to change the this stigma where women are only meant to hold mics. And I said, no, that is not the case. We are meant for so much more. We are producers. We're writers. We're instrumentalists. And I wanted to see that. So what has your experiences been like here in Canada trying to navigate the music scene? Because... You know, until you until we connected, I actually didn't realize that anytime I've been to a concert show, I've only ever seen men playing the instruments for the artists. Right. Mm -hmm. So what has it been like for you? And I'll tell you, it hasn't been easy. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, nothing in life is easy, but this being a black woman instrumental artist has not been easy. Right. It's been hard, um, although I grew up in an environment where it was appreciated. But once I transitioned into the industry, that's where the real work came in. It was a struggle even just to get my music played. Mm. Right. It was a struggle even just to get to be a part of certain events. Mm -hmm. Right. Because most of the events would only showcase vocalists or rappers, mm -hmm. people who actually have words in their music. So it was very difficult to get opportunities in the beginning. Uh, I got judged, especially by men. So they would think, oh, well, what is she doing? Or she doesn't know what she's doing. But I feel like a lot of it was intimidation mm -hmm. and jealousy because it's like, oh, well, here comes Desiree D doing what I want to do <laughs> and doing it well. Right. So I, you know, gossip, whatever. I hear everything, right? But being able to navigate, I've had to learn a lot on my own, right? And I had to do things differently, mm -hmm. right? Because I always said that I did not want to sound like everybody else right? because I've been put in a box for so long. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to make sure that I didn't sound like your average church musician or your average jazz musician or your average classical player. I wanted to be different. I wanted to stand out. I knew when I decided to go down this path, it was going to be difficult. But when you go through a lot of things, uh, it's just a sign that your assignment is bigger. Right. right. Do you have any stories or anecdotes that come to mind when you think of what it has been like for you, especially like as a black woman in this industry? Um, names, you know. <laughs> gonna get too messy, but oh no, no, no! We don't have time for mess. I'm never gonna be messy. I mean, all I'm gonna say is, um, I have had to really learn a lot. Let's just say that. Um, but one of the things that I did learn is I had to be consistent. That's a big thing for me: consistency. Um, especially when you're trying to put yourself out there for the first time, mm -hmm. doing something that people have never heard before mm -hmm. and have never seen before yep. and they have to get used to it. Mm -hmm. And of course I had my reservations because first of all, I don't like recording myself. Mm -hmm. I don't like the way I sound on video, mm -hmm. but I understood that if you want to put yourself out there, you kind of have to. Right. So I had to, you know, grow some balls, <laughs> get ballsy and just start posting. Mm -hmm. And the more that I did it, the more people started noticing to the point where I would go to concerts and people would recognize me. They're like, oh, are you Desiree D? I'm wow. like, yeah. They're like, okay. yeah, I saw you on Instagram or Facebook and I love your videos. Like, you're so amazing. Like, mm -hmm. 
and, and I find it weird, right? But I can recall one story of, uh, I think, believe it was Boxing Day a few years back. I went to go shopping for some shoes and somebody recognized me in the store and they said, so can I take a photo with you? I was like, but I don't look appropriate. <laughs> I look Got like head wrap. I look, yeah, I look like a homeless on. person. <laughs> you want to take a photo with me? And they're like, yeah, because you're amazing. Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow, people are actually, you know, recognizing, you know, the gift that I have and they're inspired by it. Mm-hmm. And for me, I don't care about the spotlight. I don't care about followers. Don't care about money. It's nice. But I realized because my assignment is so big, mm-hmm. um, I can't take those things with me when I leave Earth. Mm-hmm. Right. So I have to remember that impact is important. So your impact and what you leave in this Earth is so important. And it overshadows money and fame and followers. I mean, Jesus had 12 followers and he was able to leave his impact on those 12 people. So now people are still talking about Jesus. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's the kind of impact that I want to have on people. Right. Where after I'm gone, the generations are still talking about Desiree. Oh, yeah. She was the first black woman instrumental artist in Canada. I love that. You know what? When it comes to instrumental music, I also think there's just I think maybe a lack of appreciation for it as well. Right. What do you love the most about instrumental music? Because I think at a time where people are making music fueled by the ideas of this world and this generation, right, it comes down to the lyrics. Yeah. A time where you're just like letting the music, the sounds speak for itself. Mm-hmm. What what do you find the most powerful about that? Like I tell everybody, just like how vocalists and rappers have a story, mm-hmm. instrumentalists have a story. Mm-hmm. Now, Sometimes we may not understand their story, but it's important to give it a chance. And for an instrumentalist like myself, instrumental music is how I tell my story. And my story is in the the melodies that I create. It's in the different instruments that I use. Could be a, a piano melody that, you know, describes, you know, how I'm feeling, my mood, uh, experience that I went through in my life. All the these different instruments um, the different tones, the different sounds, the the dynamics, uh, you know, the way that, you know, the instrument is used in the music mm-hmm. is always that I tell my story. I mean, think about it. You go and see the Toronto Symphony Orchestra and they play instrumental music, right? It's multiple instruments and it creates this beautiful uh, scenery that you kind of have to envision, right? And that's how people, that's how I want people to, you know, listen to my music, Listen to it and just really understand kind of what my story is. Of course, I normally explain to people, you know, like, this is what my song is called. This is what it's about. This is the experience uh, that I went through. And that's why I wrote it. And it's just sometimes you have to just put some headphones on and just get lost and just bask in the music and just really take it in. Because it's not just instruments. It's a story. So the same way you listen to your lyrics from your favorite vocalist and your favorite rapper, the instrumentalist has a story. And it's through every intricate melody, every uh, instrument that's been used, every beat from the drum, all is a story. When, when people listen to 
I know each song will have a different story. Mm-hmm. When they're listening to your song, yeah. what are you hoping to give them? So with my music, I'm hoping that people are not only inspired, but, you know, it reignites a passion. Something that they've always wanted to do and just never been able to do, right? Even that means, you know, they get inspired to play an instrument that they've never got to play. Or maybe they used to take piano lessons a long time ago and now they want to start taking lessons again because they heard my music. Or it inspired them to try production for the first time. Or it inspired them to be brave and to be bold and to be courageous and to just go after what they want. Right. Because I also had to be brave and courageous to start something that's never been done. Right. And I feel like it's so important um, how you write your music and how you present it, because you don't know who could be impacted by what you're doing. Mm -hmm. But I always keep that in mind when I'm writing. But also, I want to have intention behind what I write. I don't just put out music just for the sake of putting it out. Like it has to mean something to me. I have to go through something in life uh, in a way where I feel like other people can connect with what I'm creating, right? right? I don't want to just put out music just because everybody else is doing it yeah. or putting out music because people are forcing me to do it because then that's where music is not fun, right. where it's forced and you're just doing it because you're trying to please everybody else, yeah. right? And you lose the meaning, the true meaning, and you lose even your vision sometimes because you're so focused on getting it out because, oh my God, the fans want it. So I'm just going to do it. And then in, even in that, there's no meaning because you're just doing it because of everybody else. You're, are you doing it for you or you, who are you doing it for? Mm-hmm. Right. It has to speak to me. And if it speaks to me and resonates with me, then I know, OK, once I put it out, I know that even though not everybody might not rock with it, mm-hmm. there's somebody that it's for out there and it's going to resonate with them. Right. Also, just creating to express yourself. Exactly. How important that is. Right. Exactly. As an outlet. Um, you talked about inspiring other people who I know you mentioned your teacher earlier, but who yeah. has inspired you? Are there female instrumentalists that you look up to? I mean, it's hard because, again, there's a lack of representation. Yeah. Right. The only instrumentalist that I can think of, she also sings too, um, is Alicia Keys. Yeah. I mean, I grew up listening to her music. I grew up playing her music. I'd, I'm not one who went on Google and typed in all her music and downloaded it from illegal websites just so I could learn how to play her music. Seriously. Back in the day. Back in the day. <laughs> back in the, in the late 90s, early yeah. 2000s, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, she was my only female instrumentalist inspiration. Yeah, she sang too, but she made me believe that as a black woman, she could you could be successful mm-hmm. in this in this industry, mm-hmm. right? I mean, aside from her singing, I'm going about it in a different way. Yeah. And I know one of my goals in life would be to actually have a conversation with her, mm-hmm. and actually sit with her and you know discuss my journey well, <laughs> and see how our journeys are. Next episode, are like, future we go. Listen, <laughs> man, listen, listen. It's on my vision board. Yeah. I would love to meet her and just. Mm-hmm chop it up and talk and to honestly, her honestly if and, you yeah. continue to work for it yeah you it's it's not impossible definitely right? not. um that's interesting you you you've been able to collaborate with so many different toronto artists especially yeah which is nice yeah how do you think we can actually credit you know musicians like yourself and even a f- step further like female producers women who are producers when it comes to music because i think often you know the artist obviously gets 
spotlight, mm-hmm. sunshine. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to actually making the music, how much of a role musicians like you and producers play into it, especially women mm-hmm. in this industry? Well, think about it. Every song that has ever been created has been by a producer yeah. or a musician. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that recognition is important. So not just recognizing the artist, but also recognizing the talent behind the artist, right? I feel I feel like sometimes we don't do that enough, right? Now, as a individual instrumental artist, credit is due, right? We are artists just like everybody else, right? And it's important to, you know, recognize the talents of especially female musicians because they're we're a rare breed. Right? We're very rare and who wouldn't want to, you know, pick up the rareness, right? We're like diamonds in the rough. Like, we're, we're very in very limited quantities, right? Especially in Canada. I mean, who has ever heard of a black woman who plays Israel music? Listen, I had to do my research before I even yeah. decided to go through this. Because, yeah, we've had, like, women who are musicians, but they sing. Right. But you've never heard of anybody who just solely plays instrumental music. Mm -hmm. Right. And although I've collaborated with a lot of people and I love doing it because I believe so much in my city. I mean, people have left and gone because, you know, there's no support here. and Mm -hmm. um, You know, people just don't care. And, you know, they don't support. Toronto is not very supportive sometimes. Sorry, guys. But it's the truth. Yeah. Not like um, if you go to the other side of the world like there's a greater appreciation Mm -hmm. for instrumentalists because they take it seriously Mm -hmm. right i mean the culture is different right north american culture versus you know european culture for example Mm -hmm. way different the people over they have they have an appreciation for instrumentalists because they work really hard they understand you know the amount of time and blood and sweat and tears that goes into their craft and i feel like sometimes north america we're a little bit spoiled (laughs) right and we don't appreciate musicians the way that we should especially since we're the ones who write the music are there ways that we can actually fix that you know i mean beyond just the credit the, <laughs> the well i mean the ways we can fix it is recognizing them yeah right like recognition yeah. all i can really think of um credits yeah credits are nice too but actually like recognize yeah. like publicly mm. recognize mm-hmm. so even if that's like through i don't know different events or award shows or stuff like that yeah. okay yeah so what tips do you have? You never know. You know, there's upcoming generation. Mm-hmm. You know, right now, you're the only one of that we know of. Yeah. But there could be more out there. There could yeah. be other, just as you said, you know, you never practice in front of your family. Your family didn't hear you until you put out your, like, first song. So we don't know who's out there, who's working, who's, who's grinding behind yeah. the scenes. And I just wonder what tips you may have for them. Well, my biggest tip would be to be consistent. That was the biggest thing that I've learned. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've had to find my niche. I've had to find something that I know works for me and that I can be consistent with that will draw people towards me. So I do a lot. So if people follow me on social media, you'll see that I do a lot of things. And one thing that I did back in 2017 was start a cover series 
called Cover Tuesdays. So I started that back in 2017. It's five years old now. Wow, can't believe it. (laughs) Five years I've been. congrats on that. Thank you. (laughs) I've been posting a cover every Tuesday for five years. And people really enjoyed those covers. And I would do like spinoff series. So the main thing is Cover Tuesdays and I would have Cover Tuesdays collabs. So that's where I had an opportunity to collaborate with a lot of Toronto artists on that one. And then I did Cover Tuesdays duo last year. I had the opportunity to collaborate with Marley Unknown and we covered songs for the entire year. Um, I do have another spinoff series coming later on this year uh, called Cover Tuesdays Quad. So I'll be collaborating with uh, four different artists. And I'm just going to post the videos. You'll find out more details uh, later on. But yeah, just doing that. Uh, most recently, I started 30 Second Collabs last year. So again, a whole collaborative series, but in 30 seconds. So it's just finding different ways to showcase your talent. I'm an instrumental artist. So I've had to find many different ways to get content out there. So whether that's collaborating with people, whether that's um, reharmonizing your favorite children's song or you know finding songs and creating and playing to them in the way that I hear it Um, and then also just working with different people and I've been able to be recognized uh, and seen by industry people because I've been consistently doing this so find your niche find something that works for you that can draw people in and just keep being consistent I had to be consistent for a very long time to get recognized, right? Um, Another thing that I would say is, you know, be confident in who you are. Uh, Don't change who you are. And one thing that I can say is that I've never wavered from who I am. I've always been true to myself and true to my sound. Like I said earlier on, I do not want to sound like anybody. I want to sound like Desiree And I had to work for 26 years to sound like Desiree D. And I'm not saying that I'm fully done because I'm always learning and I'm always growing because that's life. Life is not a destination, it's a journey. So I'm always going to be learning different things and I'm always gonna be learning different things that I may incorporate in my music. So be who you are, be a a student of music and just continue to learn, continue to grow because it's not an easy process, but it's enjoyable and it is rewarding. Amazing. I guess I'll leave it off on this. You are teaching kids now. Like you're teaching kids. You've been doing that for a while, actually. What are you hoping to instill in them? You're helping to kind of raise this next generation of young instrumentalists. Yeah, so... The main thing for me is I want to make sure that any student that I'm teaching, I'm also giving them life tips because life is just, it's hard. It is. Uh, But one thing I've always told my students is it's okay to make mistakes. That's the biggest one. I had to learn that because I'm a natural born perfectionist. And that's something that I struggled with. Um, earlier on in my musical journey because if it doesn't sound perfect it's just not it (laughs) right but I had to learn as I got older like it's okay Desiree you made a mistake it's not that big of a deal stop making it a big deal that's one thing that I've really had to encourage my students because some of them are like me the perfectionism like if it doesn't sound right they get frustrated and I said it's okay to show emotion and it's okay to be frustrated but 
don't get too bent up on the mistakes, right? Because you're constantly learning and you're growing and you're going to make mistakes and it's okay to make mistakes. Thank you for joining the show. Thank you for having me. So where can people find your music? So people can find me on all digital platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, whatever is your flavor. I'm on there. And they can follow me on social media at Desiree D Music. Thanks so much to Desiree. This episode was special as it's our first in-person recording. You can follow the podcast on Instagram at Future People Podcast. You can find me on Instagram at Imani Walker, Imani 2 Thank you and take care.